Hey everyone, welcome to episode 26 of Horror Haven Podcast. I'm Dylan. I'm Steve. I'm Sierra. I'm Erica. And today we're going to be talking about zombie movies that are out of the ordinary. We're going to be talking about 1972's Children Shouldn't Play With Dead Things, 1992's Dead Alive, a.k.a. Brain Dead, and 1994's Cemetery Man, a.k.a. Delamorte Delamore. So, enjoy. Before we get started, we do want to acknowledge the passing of George A. Romero. We are doing zombie movies this week, and without George Romero's influence, we wouldn't have the zombies that we have today. We wouldn't have these movies that we're about to cover. So, um, do you guys want to share any memories with some of his films? Yeah, I was like eight years old the first time I saw Night of the Living Dead uh, with my cousins, and I instantly fell in love with it. And it got to the point in my early childhood where I had to at least watch it once a week. I really admired George Romero's work, like, from start to, like, finish, you know what I mean? He was always a solid director, and we owe, like, so much to him because before George Romero's Night of the Living Dead, zombies were kind of just, like, brainless slaves, and it was more of, like, Haiti, Asian folklore with like voodoo where his he brought like literally the living dead to life in you know night of the living dead so i mean we we owe so much to him so the horror world just took a big loss so yeah i mean not even night of the living dead but like creep show which we've covered in a past episode like um i remember being young and i i was watching uh zombie movies a lot as a kid but i never really like when i first got into zombies i didn't know you know Romero and then I remember watching Dawn of the Dead for the first time and I was just blown away like the fact they're held up in a mall like the whole storyline and I just remember specifically like the rooftop scene with the helicopter passing them and it's just such such great art and it really is a big loss that we took. I think my first memory of watching a Romero film was obviously um, Night of the Living Dead watching it at my first house when I was really little so I was younger than five, uh, watching it with my dad, which um, to this day, Night of the Living Dead is one of the few horror movies my dad still says is good. <laughs> he is like the biggest horror movie critic in the world, and that was, that's one that he, he truly loves. And uh, I do remember watching it with him, and none of my siblings were at that one. So that was <laughs> a special time for me there. But yeah, I mean... I, I don't think there's a person interested in the horror genre in the world that doesn't have a memory of watching a Romero film. All right. So with that, we will get on with the episode. Thank you, George Romero. Thank you. And if anybody has any stories about maybe a memory you have watching a George Romero film, hit us up. We'd love to hear from you guys. Uh, we'd love to share some memories and thoughts with you guys. So let us know. This is Alan. He's such a dear boy. Oh, this is Jeffy. He's so full of fun. Oh, this is Anya. Isn't she just the sweetest thing? And this is their new friend, Smedley. They're giving him a party. It is coming out party. Oh, the children are having such fun. They're laughing and laughing. And it all began here, one foggy winter's evening. 1971. Oh. He ought to be ripe. 
It's party time. It's the shank of the evening. My friend Orville and I are having cocktails in ten minutes at my island cottage. Alan, you're not really going to take that thing back to the cottage. Children Shouldn't Play With Dead Things was released in 1972. It was directed by Bob Clark under the name Benjamin Clark. It starred a bunch of his friends from college, and it, it focused on a group of theater kids who went to an island and went to a cemetery find a body that they use in this satanic ritual to raise the dead. They are disappointed when it doesn't work, so Alan, the head of the group, decides to take the body back to their cabin and play around with it, and they're kind of degrading the body a lot and just making a big joke out of it, and they end up getting fucked over at the end. When the zombies actually do rise and... Not a person survives. ...attack them in the house. It ends with the zombies getting on Alan's boat and going back to Miami. (laughs) (laughs) So the first thing I want to bring up about this movie that really caught my attention with it was the makeup for the zombies. Um, The makeup was all done by Alan Ormsby, who plays Alan in the film. He also helped write the film. But the makeup in the movie very much reminded me of, like... Evil Dead Deadites. Yeah, and for sure. That's what really drew me into it. But there was just so much to dissect. I just wanted to throw that out there first. Not Orville's makeup though. Everybody no. else's. No, Orville was very much just like a pale. Yeah. I liked Orville. I like the way that Alan said Orville. He was like, Orville. <laughs> yeah. Like I can't. I can't do it because I'm not that dramatic. But... <laughs> Straight up theater kid. I enjoyed Alan's character a lot. Like he was like annoying, but like interesting it was a real okay this movie first off is a really weird unique story it's very Mm -hmm. quirky like first off the plot line makes like no sense really honestly why were actors going to this island why were they doing a satanic ritual it's very weird don't look too far into the plot i don't think i don't think it's that important the characters are all really kind of quirky especially alan he's like the what what you would call it, like a stereotypical theater kid. It's very yeah. eccentric. You know, very like, oh, like, oh, I'm so, um, this is amazing. And See, blah, I, like I looked over at the plot. Exaggerating, and it's very strange. Yeah, I looked at the plot as like an over-exaggerated, like, Ouija board. Like, everybody gets together and like, we're going to talk to some evil spirits on a Ouija but board. But we're going to do but it these in guys, real life. Yeah, they took it a step further, and we're like, we're going to bring this body back from a cemetery and we're going to do a satanic ritual and raise the dead. I just it's going to be so much fun. <laughs> I think the thing that I think is so weird about it is like, everyone's like, oh, a body. Okay. That's cool. <laughs> I'd be like, you digging up bodies? What the fuck? <laughs> well, I like, no. I like that some of them drew the line too. Like, they, they have this body... They, you can dig it up, but don't you disrespect that No, fucker. they do the ritual, and then they draw the line, like, wait, you're going to bring that back with us to the cabin? It's like, you already are invested. You already dug it up. Yeah, you dug it up, <laughs> you, you did this ritual. <laughs> I love that, that his name is Orville. I don't know why. I just think that's a great name for a zombie. <laughs> I, I was a big fan of uh, Roy when he, um, he, he was, like, like Alan, he was, like, super, like, quirky and just, like, uh, kind of a wise-ass and just funny remarks. When he, like jumps in the coffin and it's some of uh, Alan's friends that are pretending to be the body before yeah. they bring out Orville and like he like scares them by jumping out of the coffin and Roy just keeps going on he's like I peed my pants <laughs> yeah. I peed my pants like just in complete disbelief that he got that scared that fucking scene still cracks me up the only complaint I'd say I'd have with this is it was it was a very slow burn 
And yeah, I I've said in in the past that like slow burns they really don't bother me. Like um, with the House of the Devil, for example, like it was a very slow build up with a very great payoff. While this had a really good payoff, the build up really it wasn't interesting to me. Like it, some parts were, but it was very drawn out. Is what I feel. I think this movie did a similar thing with the plot as it did with the characters where everything was kind of like accentuated and strange. I feel like that's the reason why it was such a, a, a pulled out because they wanted to accentuate every odd or unique detail in it to make it a quirky mm-hmm. film. Yeah. It was just very eccentric and like over the top. It was but like it, it was, was like Evil Dead on Drugs. Yeah, but it was like it was <laughs> on really... mushrooms. It was, like, everything was, like, really, like, um, like you're saying, it's very, like, eccentric and, like, kind of, like, over the top and, like, out there and it was strange, but it flowed well. It was mm-hmm. almost watching bad actors act. I wouldn't even say they were bad no, actors. No, I don't, I don't think that they were bad actors, but that's what I'm saying. Like, they were acting the part of bad actors. Like, Alan was just so, like, oh, I'm the, I, Like the we said theater. before, it's, like, like very crazy. stereotypical, like, theater kid. Theater kid, yeah. Like, yeah, but, like, not now theater kid. Like, theater kids from, like... Yeah. I don't know, like the 70s. Um, another thing that I loved about this movie that I want to bring up is the music or the sounds that were used. Very, oh, very awesome. like disturbing and they the, unsettling, I guess, would be a good word for it. Like, there was this noise and I don't know what it was. It reminded me of either like water dripping very loudly yes, or like yep. a rubber band. Like, when you like snap a rubber band, like you're trying to make music with it, if that makes any sense at all. Like, it's just it's a warped sound. It's like a like twangy a, type yeah. noise, yeah. And it was so unsettling, and it just really threw me off. And I think they played it, if I'm not mistaken, at the part where the dead start rising, and like there's the hand coming up out of the ground. Which, um, uh, not to get into it too much yet, but that's another thing I loved is that it was like zombies coming out of the ground. It wasn't like, you know. You get bit, you turn. It was the very, like, old-school zombies rising from the dead. So I thought that was yeah. cool. Uh, that was, like, the my, actually my favorite scene was watching all the zombie ri- zombies rise from the dead. Like, the hand, everyone coming out of, the like, the ground. The one bald guy, the way his head pops up. Like, it's just really funny. And uh, also, correction, by the way, it wasn't Roy that pissed himself. It was actually Jeff. Roy was one of the ghouls, I just remembered. But, yeah, uh, yeah I absolutely... that. The, the scene where they're all coming out of the ground, that is, like, classic zombie shit. Like, that's the shit I love right there. Yeah. And they did it so well. And, like, the, the zombies just looked great. Like, there was one who always had his eyes rolled to the back of his head. Mm-hmm. And he just looked so fucking creepy. And as a kid, I was just kind of like, man, this is really disturbing. Or, like, the really old one with the ring on his finger that they tried to grab. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like, they're very. That zombie was fucking they're very. Crazy. They're very standoutish, and I think the fact that we can bring so much, so much examples up of like each specific zombie goes I to show they, they how made... goes to show like how unique they are and how like how much they stand out. I'm kind mm-hmm. of curious to how much inspiration from this movie, if any, um, Sam Raimi had for Evil Dead, because I brought up before that the Deadites remind me a lot or the the zombies in this movie remind me a lot of the deadites from evil dead but on top of that it's very much like they go to this old house in the woods they have this book that raises the dead they read from the book the dead come back they get locked up in this cabin and i know that that's a very like it's a zombie type story it's not the only evil dead's not the only movie that does it but just how much similarities there were 
Yeah, it's uh, definitely a good connection you made there. It might have just been that I was getting total Evil Dead vibes from the the zombies. The movie, yeah, but... it was like the eye, the one zombie. It showed a close up of. I can't remember which one it was, but like it was like it showed the eyes, and I was like, "That's Ash's sister from under the stairs." I know that face. That face <laughs> was it. The one my eating nightmares. Paul? Huh? Was it the <laughs> one eating Paul? Might have been. She popped up. For, it looked like a lady, but she popped up for a second. I didn't see her too long. I love how they're like walking past. The caretaker, and then one of them realizes that, it, like, the caretaker's hide. Oh like, yeah, he's like, like sitting. Hide up. Yeah, he's <laughs> like sitting cool. against yeah, a tree. Yeah. Yeah. Situation, like, yo, I feel, I feel really bad for him because, like, these people just came up on his property. Like, he's just doing his thing, you know. Like, that's his career, and like, they fucking tie him up. They fucking put a, they like whatever, like, put something in his mouth to like muffle him or gag him, and then this motherfucker is just watching this shit go on. Hordes of zombies coming out of the ground. And he's like, all right, well, at least, you know, if I remain quiet, they won't hear me. No, nope, there's that one that notices him, and then, like, he, they just tear him apart. It's crazy. I love the ending of this movie, too. Like, when Alan locks himself upstairs, and then Orville's the one that's, like, sitting up there waiting for him. I just thought it was <laughs> such, like, a, like a poetic-type thing. Like, Well, yeah, because he threw the chick backwards. Yeah. That's, and <laughs> did you notice, too, that, like, this is the girl who's, like we respect you, we're sorry to, like, the zombies. Like, she was very spiritual. And when Alan pushes her down the stairs into the zombies, they don't attack her or bite her. Like, they almost look at Alan like, we don't want her, we want you. And they pass her down and out the door and then continue to go after Alan. I thought that that was cool. I said at this part, I was like, I think Alan forgot Orville. Like, (laughs) I'm pretty sure he forgot that Orville's in that house because he is up there and you're you're gonna get yours, buddy. I just feel like it was such, like, a a well-deserved, poetic-type ending. Yeah. I think it's a disappointment with how how um, this movie's not known. It, it really is a solid film, especially in the zombie world. And I, I, feel, I feel like it's kind of disappointing that, that it's not as big as some of the other ones out it there, made, because it really is good. It made several lists of, um, like, top 20 underrated zombie movies. It was on a couple different ones that I was looking at. It says at. that it has a slight cult following, but yeah. we did we did post about it because we always post to get our reviews from the people that follow us on Instagram. And, what, we only ended up with one? At, um, I think we ended up with one. Yeah. One it might not be well known. I mean, it's one. Of, it's definitely an older film. It, it was one that, you know, I just saw the cover of the DVD at Media Play at the time, and... I, like the, not just that, but the fucking title grabbed me in the picture of the DVD cover. So I was like, "Ooh, what's this?" And then you know, I just <laughs> bought it. But a fun fact about this is the scene with Orville um, attacking Alan at the end. That specific scene is playing on the TV in the background of the original Fright Night when Charlie Brewster's spying on his neighbor Jerry Danbridge. You could literally see that scene playing on the TV. Really? So I always thought that was cool. <laughs> yep. I'll have to yeah. go back and check it out. That's pretty cool. I love when movies do that. Like, um, before, the, totally off subject, but before I ever watched Evil Dead, um, I was very big into Nightmare on Elm Street and Donnie Darko. And Donnie Darko, they go to the movie theater and it shows, like, clips from the movie playing. And Nightmare on Elm Street, uh, Nancy's watching it and the, the one scene, but. I never knew what movie it was, and then when Sierra and I first started dating, we were like, she's like, oh, you gotta watch Evil Dead, and that's how I was first introduced to Evil Dead, and I I just remember seeing those scenes when I was watching Evil Dead, and I was like, wait, I know this, and it was so cool, so I love when uh, other movies, like, pay homage to 
other films like by putting that the clips in there. Damn, I absolutely. <laughs> now the same thing down. happened to me though with watching Nightmare on Elm Street. I saw that before I saw Evil Dead, and I I, I was this, in the same boat as you, Dylan. I'm like, what movie is she watching? This looks so crazy <laughs> and intense. And then, you know, later I'd find out. And it's cool. I, I love I love when they do that. But um, one thing that I found about this movie that I thought was cool was Bob Clark, more recently, before he passed away, talked about how he wanted to remake this movie. And oh. he was, he was going to uh, direct it, I guess, or have some part in creating the remade version of it. And then he passed away, tragically, in a car accident. So we never got that film. I think it would have been interesting, though. Now, is Bob Clark the one that made... Christmas Porky's Story. Story? Porky's A Christmas and Story. Porky's Black Christmas. Story, yeah. Okay. Yeah. He's a fucking legend. I don't know <laughs> how I would feel about this being remade. Like, I don't think so. There's some movies where I'm like, you know what? I wouldn't mind seeing that remade, but I don't know if this is one I of them. I think that this movie could easily be remade well, but I think that anybody who remade, who remade it would overthink it, change the story too much, and ruin it. But I think or that make it if, darker if they just watched the movie and remade it, like, in a little bit better quality, because the quality on it, it's a little yeah. rough. Sweet. It's grainy, but I like it. Yeah. I like, like it, too, bad. but there's parts that were really hard to make up. <laughs> it's this, honestly, though, and I've said this before, I'm not a really big fan of, like, that kind of, like, um, like lower quality, yeah. yeah, like, grainy filming. And it didn't bother me with this. I mean, it didn't bother me with, like, the Universals either, because I think that... Yeah, but we watched how they are right now. They're like they're better, but seeing this and watching it in like a lower quality because I watched it in the same quality that you guys did. It honestly, I think it added almost like a art, like a little bit of like an artistic feel to it. Yeah, see, I I love the way that it's filmed because I like the way it's filmed. I just think that our version of it was just like a little bit too hard to make out, a little bit too bootleggy. Yeah, like a little like okay, somebody threw this up here and it shouldn't be here. I don't know. I think that the whole aesthetic of the film, I think it would it would take away for me if they did remake it with, like, high-quality filming. If, okay, if how about they, they make did, it a Blu-ray then? If they did remake it, I feel like Alan Olmsby should be then involved because, like, since he, like, helped, like, write it, you know what I mean? I'm yeah. just saying, if they were to, like, he ne- definitely needs to be involved because he would help uh, recreate that vision and kind of just add add to it so it's not completely lost in the recreation of it. I want to see him cast himself. <laughs> the one thing that like, really stuck out about Alan's character and... His the outfit? Whole... <laughs> <laughs> no, like, okay, so, like, his character, his character's very eccentric, we've discussed that, he's really over the top, but, like, if this was us and he was, like, hanging out with us, who the fuck would follow that guy to an island? No, I'd be like, you, you don't know the first thing about camping. I know that for a fact. No. I don't even know how he drives a boat. Yeah, like, he's just, like, he's he's creepy, and it's just, like, no way in fucking hell am I following you anywhere, well, let alone too. to go raise the dead. But, like, the first five minutes of the movie, he's like, isn't he talking to the one girl, like, Ooh, I'm gonna break you, and, like, we're gonna sleep together? Yeah, and it was the guy and, like, she's like, she's, like, looking at him, like, what? <laughs> but he totally is, he's, he, like, straight up is like, hey, I can have sex with her, right? Yeah, like, he was just... <laughs> no! That's, that's not right! <laughs> I, uh, really liked how bad their plans failed, and, like... All right, like, when Paul was gonna make a run for it to grab the gun or whatever, and they were gonna draw the zombies out to the front, and they're like... 
just trying to fight them off, but like it's just failing so bad. And I was thinking, I was like, there are so many opportunities right now where they could get bit. Like, and it just, it didn't happen, but, like, first watching it, I was, like, waiting for it. I was like, oh, no, there, here it comes, here it comes. But it, it just, it never happened. But I really loved um, when you hear Paul screaming, or you hear us screaming. We don't know it's Paul, but you can assume it is. And then they're, like, looking around, and it's all dark, and they shine the flashlight, and it's that one female zombie eating Paul. That was a pretty co- yeah. cool reveal. Yeah, that part, I think that's probably my favorite part in the movie, um... When the girl's shining the flashlight outside, and it's like it might have been one of the girls, or it might have been Alan, one of the characters. No, it was a girl. They were shining the flashlight outside, and it was like showing each individual zombie, and it was like it's such a creepy scene because I pointed it out in the Jeepers Creepers episode we did, but I, I love when movies do that because you're seeing what the character's seeing, and it immerses you in it, and it gives you that like creepy feel. So yeah, but all in all, yeah, I, I think. I enjoyed this one a lot. Yeah, I enjoyed it. I wouldn't say it was one of my favorites, but it is probably my favorite of the three we covered this week. Oh, yeah. I'd say this is a cult classic for me now, uh, over the years, for sure. You guys want to get into ratings? Yeah, I'm down. I'll go first. All right, so this movie is totally unique. Storyline, very cool, eccentric characters. Um, the plot line's a little bit slow, but I think that it's for reason. Like, it makes sense that it, it builds up the way that it does. Uh, I would highly recommend it to anybody who's really into the zombie genre who hasn't seen it, because it definitely gives you a different take on zombies. Um, and I'm going to rate it a 7.6. Okay. I was a little indifferent about it at first, and I, I kind of had to watch, like, a couple things a couple different times. Like, I watched the whole thing, and then I went back with this and, actually, um, Cemetery Man, and I kind of, like, rewatched like, a couple pieces of it. And Cemetery Man, I think I'm going to end up having to watch again. <laughs> <laughs> um, but this one, I, I watched, like, a couple different parts of it a couple times, just trying to, like, pick stuff up out of it, and it was... It was a little slow going for me, but overall I thought it was really good. And I thought it was a different take on the whole zombies. And I think it's just because it's such an early zombie movie. So that was really cool to see. Because most of, I mean, we're in this time frame right now where there's like... everything zombie. Uh, yeah, everything <laughs> is literally zombies and zombie apocalypses. So it was it was kind of refreshing to see like the beginning you know what i mean or yeah. like where that where that's starting to come from and that that build up and you can see like the development where the zombies have come from and it was cool um so i think i'm going to give this a i'm going to give it a 6.7 okay steven all right so I will admit, it does have a slow burn, but once the zombies do uh, get out of the grave, the payoff at the end is pretty awesome. I absolutely love how the zombies uh, looked in this film. Uh, The scene uh, with Paul getting eaten was fucking awesome, and I love that Orville turned on Alan at the end. And I also love that Bob Clark directed this, and this was his first film. Uh, it's, It's cool to see, like... People like Bob Clark and, like, uh, the next uh, one we do um, with Peter Jackson and Dead Alive, it's cool to see that their early starts were in horror, and I wish both directors would have done more horror because, like, I thought it was a pretty solid zombie movie, and 
uh, if you're a fan of zombies, this is definitely one I would check out because it's definitely gone under the radar. Like I said, I randomly picked it up at a media play uh, back in the day when I was like 10, and I'm so happy that uh, I made that purchase because like the cover art and the title just grabbed me, and uh, it, it's it's definitely a cult classic for me. So I'm going to have to give this one a 7.5. All right, so... Adding a little bit onto what you said, Stephen, um, it is cool to see Bob Clark's first film. I love Black Christmas. I love Porky's, and I love the Christmas story. I love a Christmas story. I mean, of course, cool all, all of those films are amazing. The fact that you know a Christmas story, it's tradition. That's the only thing you can watch on Christmas Day for my family. I don't know about everybody else, but that's just oh, hours we, we, wait, we wait for the countdown on Christmas Eve because every other year we have a Christmas Eve party. So the minute 8 p.m. turns, like, the TV comes on in the middle of the party. So that way, Christmas Story, it has to be in the background. So, you know what I mean? Regardless, for 24 hours, no matter what. <laughs> so, like, like the, for a director who I spend every Christmas watching, it's cool to see a horror film by him um, earlier on. Uh, definitely gave me some Evil Dead vibes, which, uh, to anybody who's listened to the show before, Evil Dead is my favorite horror movie. So, um <laughs> I'm pulling a Sierra this week with bringing up Texas Chainsaw Massacre every fucking week. I'm not Evil Dead. <laughs> Evil Dead, favorite movie. So any movie that gives me that kind of vibes as far as the aesthetic, the way it's filmed, the makeup, um, def- definitely has my appreciation. Um, my only complaint, which it really is a big complaint for me, was the slow burn. And I would have liked to see more of a payoff because the horror elements at the end of the movie were so great, but they were so short. And I would have liked to see maybe a longer fight between the kids in the cabin and the undead. But the, it, it was still a good payoff at the end, and I love the poetic killing of Alan at the end. So I think I would have to give it a 7.7. That's nicer than you said you were going to give it. Can I just say something here just so everyone's understanding? We keep saying the kids at the cabin. These are our adults. Yeah, they're not kids at the cabin. They're adults at the cabin. Just to clarify, <laughs> one other thing too. They have horrible fashion sense. That and horror movie one hundred and one. Where the fuck did they get all the boards and the nails? Yeah, I like how they they bring a door over. <laughs> they were prepared. They bring a door over and they nail. They take three nails and nail the door across like the where the zombies are getting in, and that keeps the zombies out from yeah. it. I was like, what the? F- that wouldn't work. That would not work. No way. They definitely drew inspiration from the first Night of the Living Dead, but didn't succeed as well as the lead actor in Night of the Living Dead, I'm, I will say. Yeah. But um, overall, that gives an average rating of what? No, well, I was going to say, this is also a f- one of the few horror movies where everyone dies. Yeah. There's no survivors <laughs> in it. You got to appreciate that. Which is fun. <laughs> Um, so overall, our average score is a 7.3, and our average Instagram score is a 7. On this picturesque block, in this manicured home, something evil, something terrifying, something horrifying, is haunting life. His mother. I thought I told you to spray this house. Her face is infested with bourbon. Although she was a little strict. Look at this dust. It's an inch thick. He never wished her any harm. 
you look after me like that. Until... <laughs> your mother's dead, Lionel. Now, whatever Mom's got... Who's your mother? ...has caught on with the neighbors. She's been bitten! You can pray. You can plead. You can beg for mercy. But nothing you can do will stop. Because how do you kill something that's already dead? Dead Alive was released in 1992. It follows a character named Lionel who is a very big mama's boy to say the least. His mom ends up getting bit by a rat monkey from some foreign country. Sumatrian? Sumerians? Some weird fucking name. I can't even say it. We're not sure if the place exists. (laughs) Um, We know the monkey doesn't. She gets bit by this monkey and she starts, you know, her skin's falling off and she eats a dog. (laughs) <laughs> she turns into a zombie. So everybody, all these people keep coming into contact with Lionel's mom and getting infected. And he's keeping them locked in a room in his house to try and, like, cure them, I guess. Or, like, he doesn't know what to do. So he just has them tied up in this room. And it ends up turning into a full-on outbreak at a party that his douchebag uncle Uncle. throws (laughs) and uh he has to fight to protect his woman and with a lawnmower yeah the end very very i i don't know i don't know how to give up quickly i don't know how to give a plot summary yeah i was gonna say that's the best way you could describe this movie because this movie takes you on a wild fucking ride that's all I can say. It takes me on an acid trip. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, this movie is so fucking over the top. <laughs> I think over the top is saying, like, the least. Like, this is probably the most over the top strange movie I have watched. Yeah, it's very <laughs> weird. Like, there's a scene. Okay, so one of the zombies initially starts out as a pastor. A oh, ninja God. pastor. <laughs> kicks ass of the Lord, but he ends up becoming a zombie, and then, so he gets locked in the house with the rest of the zombies, well, the, one of the original zombies and the pastor have zombie sex and make zombie baby, and there's an evil zombie baby in this movie as well, and that's the first, maybe only zombie baby that exists, I'm not sure. Nah, uh, Dawn of the Dead, Dawn um, of the Dead, yeah. <laughs> you may. The scene where he takes it to the park. Yeah. Why? Yeah, like, why did you bring that thing There's out? What made you think that was an okay I think it idea. was just to make that scene. Like, I feel like someone's like, this is going to be fucking funny. There are so many parts to this movie. I think the entire movie had me saying, why? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> this did not need to be added. This is ridiculous. But um, this movie, okay, I would not consider this movie a horror movie. I would consider this a very gory zombie comedy. Yeah, I wouldn't. Yeah, it's like kind of like Shaun of the Dead, like not not similar to Shaun of the Dead, but that's the genre I would consider it in. It's yeah. it's very tongue in cheek kind of like oh, comedy yeah. in this for sure. <laughs> and cheese factor, a plus for the cheese. Yeah, <laughs> yeah it was. It, there's nothing truly scary about it. 
Unless you're like have a like a queasy stomach. Oh. This, that might I, you. I text Dylan actually after watching this. Not a lot makes me fucking sick. But there was a couple scenes in this where it made me actually the gag. part where the ear the fell fucking... off into the stuff and she ate it. That no, was the custard, out. the yeah. fucking like squirt, oh, pus squirt into the custard. Yeah, and he was eating it. Uh huh. That so made good. me fucking gag. The so funny part is, the, there was the part where the pus went into the custard and then the ear goes into the custard and the mom eats the ear. Sierra was fine with that. Before that happened, when the guy's just eating the normal custard, Sierra's making gagging noises. I was like, okay, well, yeah. <laughs> okay, the reasoning behind that is because it's like focusing on his face, and he's like, he's like eating it, and you can see it in his mouth, and it's like what? on his lips, and he's like, and just like, Ugh. Dylan's brother likes to chew really obnoxiously when he's near me, and he like, it's disgusting, and Ugh. there's nothing nastier than a gross chewer. Like, stop chewing so. Freaking loud! It's Side gross. note: While this scene was on, we were eating soup. I threw, oh. my, soup I threw my soup down and was like, "Nope, <laughs> done." I like the part when he flipped the nurse's head back though and dumped the fucking yeah. food down her throat hole. It's I very know. unique. I think unique is the only way—not the only way, but the best way to describe this movie. It's weird. It was weird and unique, and. It wasn't necessarily my kind of movie, but... That baby looked like a demonic Tommy Pickles. <laughs> <laughs> it wasn't necessarily my kind of movie, but I can understand why it has such a big following and why so many people love it. Like, they it's because it came statistic. out the year I was born. Yeah, like, it was very cheesy. Like, it, it's if you're looking for a cheesy horror movie, this is going to be... The ultimate your, cheesy This is going to be your favorite movie. Um... I, one thing that I did love a lot was uh, I think the special effects were great, and I think that they were very unique. Like, the zombie baby, it wasn't the best looking, but it was unique. Um, the rat monkey was pretty interesting. I, yeah, I like the stop-motion rat monkey. That was really cool. But just the zombies in general and the thought, like like you said, Erica, with the nurse, that like the head's tilted back, and they play on that so much. And just so many very unique ideas. Like, I love the part where... They push the one zombie into the white bulb and like the head yes. lights up. Like, there's so many unique things. Or the in this one's movie. eating and he jams his spoon through the back of his head. Yeah, and he's like, Wr. yeah, he's like really <laughs> sad because he can't eat anymore. I think it's weird that they're zombies, but they're cool with eating custard. But they also eat people. I don't Isn't know. Isn't that weird? I just I don't, don't know if it was custard that they were eating though. It, or was. it was like they were eating custard. It was the same stuff that everybody else ate through the whole movie because that's all they eat in. What is it? New Zealand. New Zealand. New Zealand. New Zealand. They only eat custard in New Zealand. Is that a fact, Sierra? Did that's you look what up? I learned. You didn't from... fact check that. <laughs> no. you didn't... That's not a fact. No, that's what I learned from this movie. <laughs> is that they go to these little, shysty little farm stands, and they buy stuff for custard. I don't know about that. Yeah, that's what we learned from this movie. And I don't, I don't think it was a farm stand. I think it was a fucking New Zealand version of a bodega. What's <laughs> a bodega? You're from New York and you don't know what a bodega is? I know what a bagel is. Fucking bagels are great. Okay, anyway. Um, no, it, it was unique. The special effects were great. Uh, the only thing that I could say that I wasn't a big fan of was the giant, like, naked mom, mom rat, rat with rat the balloon tits. Yeah, at the end of the movie. But I did think... <laughs> yeah. it, I, did th it, I thought it was cool that, like, the stomach opened up and it was, like... It was very well done. Like, the special effects. I don't think that it was... Like the coolest, the looking. coolest look, but the effects were done very well. 
I think that was like the finale of okay, how much more over the top we can go? Let's make the fucking mom this gigantic monster with these big ass like balloon like tits and yeah, her stomach opening up and it's just she could fucking talk now all of a sudden. Yeah, that, that threw me off too. <laughs> I would love to see a version of this that was taken more serious that takes a more serious route. Um, I think that would probably land in my heart a little bit better than this did. I don't know. While, it's just not the, my style. I'm not, yeah, I'm while, not big into the... the, the while the cheesiness isn't cheesy. my thing, I don't think this movie could have been done in a serious way. I think the storyline could have. Mm. I mean, a boy who's very close with his mother, his mother catches a weird zombie virus, dies, and starts infecting people. I love this movie, uh... I got to thank uh, an old friend from high school, uh, John Pomeroy. Shout out to you, man, because, like, I think it was in computer class in, like, ninth grade. He was like, yo, you're a big horror fan. Have you ever watched uh, Brain Dead? And I was like, what? And he was like, yo, you've never watched Brain Dead? And then he showed me, like, a trailer. No, he didn't show me a trailer. He showed me the scene with the priest who was like, I kick ass for the law. Yes. <laughs> Which was the best fucking scene. I think in that movie. <laughs> while, while I'll say that this movie was not a movie for me, I, I can't even say that. Like, there were parts that I enjoyed, but it wasn't my style. That, not even in horror, but that is the best movie line in any movie ever. <laughs> yeah, I'll second that. And then he straight up, like, Which karate attack. I, I, I kick ass. ass. Oh, yeah, I kick ass. No, there was one he said before that, too, that was really fucking funny, and I wrote that down. Checking her notes. He was like, this calls for divine intervention, <laughs> and then he hops down <laughs> off the top of that pillar. <laughs> Dude, what the fuck? It was just so over the top. Like, yeah, was, yeah. And then he said that, kicking ass for Jesus. Yeah. Um, I, that scene gets a 10 out of 10, just that scene alone yeah, for me. It, it was so out there. But um, one thing I'll say, and again, bring, pulling a serial with the Evil Dead every episode with text scenes, so you guys get it. Um, this movie, and I've seen it compared to it a lot, Evil Dead 2 vibes is what I got from it. Like, Yeah. I feel like... If Evil Dead 2 was more cheesy and less horror, because Evil Dead 2 I think of as like the perfect blend of cheesy and horror. There were scary parts to it, there were cheesy parts to it. I think if Evil Dead, that humor was more focused on Evil Dead 2, it would have been extremely similar to this movie. And Siri pointed out too um, that there were parts, especially, especially when Lionel had the zombies in his in the room and they were attacking him during the party scene. She's like, this is reminding me of evil dead too. Like the sounds they're making, like just the situation. It's a throwback to Ash being locked in the basement in evil dead too. Oh yeah. The one, the ones, I think it was his mother zombie sounded like the, the woman that was in the basement in evil. Dead Who's too. in my fruit salad. Yeah. yeah. It sounded just like that. <laughs> At first, like when I found out that Peter Jackson made this movie, I was like, no fucking way, dude. The, the dude that made Lord of the Rings and the I remake. I love Lord of the Rings. <laughs> like, he made this. And then I went back and watched, like, a movie he did called Pat Bad Taste. Mm-hmm. I, and I was like, yep, nope, I could fucking see it now. I could see how he made this. Okay. <laughs> because you, if you watch that movie and then you watch this one, you're like, shit, yo. Like, I don't know. He's just got, like, this early Peter Jackson be- per- like before Lord of the Rings, he just had this very quirky signature style that is so similar in bad taste. 
and like I, I fucking just love it. Like I can't imagine this movie any other way, and I'm happy it is the way it is because it's just so different yeah. <laughs> from anything I've ever seen. Um, bringing up a little bit what you said because you mentioned that he uh, did the remake for King Kong. Um, a fun fact that I found the so Peter Jackson did the remake of King Kong. Um, it was one of his favorite movies growing up. And it, I, I believe if I remember it, it's like what really got him into filmmaking. But the island that the they're stealing the monkey from in the beginning of Dead Alive, I believe, if I'm not mistaken, was Skull Island. Yeah, they yeah. do mention that. Yeah, it was it was Skull Island, which is where King Kong is from, and uh, that was his kind of way of like paying homage to King Kong. So I thought that, that was cool. Nikita was a stage five clinger. Yo, I just love Nikita. how they're... I just love, love I like her. I just love how her grandma's like, yo, this is the sign, and you're going to meet this guy, and she sees the sign, and all of a sudden she knows nothing about this guy, and she's like, I love you. You're my, <laughs> you're my dude. <laughs> yeah, but he was cool with it. He was cool with it. He was cool with it because he's a total mama's boy. It was probably his first girlfriend. I was going to say, that's the first girl that's ever approached him. Yeah. 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 He was like, yo, about to get some bonds. <laughs> he did too, man. She climbed right in through his window. After being loud as shit. She was totally yo. cool with leaving with him too. She's like, Shh. I love the line. She's like, your mom ate my dog. And he's like, not all of it. And he still has the dog's tail. <laughs> but like, yo, she totally Dawson creaked it, fucking climbing in his window. You're right. You're right. Are you telling me she's <laughs> Joey? Yes. I really appreciated the ladder that he had pre-built into his, like, little, um... That's probably how he's always gotten a girl's head. He's never gotten he's girls never gotten girls, girls head. Just in case. <laughs> but, um... I don't know why you're hating on him. I thought he was an okay guy. If my mom was like that and creepy, and then came back a zombie... Bye. <laughs> then he's a family dog. Which, it's revealed that she killed uh, her husband and her husband's... Mistress and Lionel watched the whole thing. I thought that that was kind of weird to like. Unnecessary. Not even unnecessary, but it was very like. I feel like if there was any serious like subplot in this movie, that was it. Like it was so over the top and like wacky, but then they have this very serious like, yeah, I killed your dad. (laughs) I think that he had to be pushed to a point where he didn't care about his mother anymore, and I think that's why that was put in there because that's what pushed him to the edge to where he felt that he could. End her. Yeah, I can see that. That makes sense. I didn't think about the that. The creepy now. uncle, though, when the two zombies are getting it on, and he's like, "Did you find your dad's stash?" Yeah. And he's like, "Are you watching the one with the donkey and the chambermaid?" <laughs> and he's like, "Uh, yeah, yeah." Uh, overall, zombie, I can get over that thing. Overall, I was very like indifferent with this movie. There were things that I liked about it, but I didn't love the movie. I didn't hate the movie. I didn't completely hate watching it 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 was kind of just a whatever kind of thing for yeah. me but I, I there were aspects of it that i really did appreciate enjoy the the comedy at times was great and the special effects was awesome i think to this day it's like the bloodiest film ever made if you're going by like how much fake blood the crew used. Yeah, it was like 300 liters, I yeah. want to say, of yeah. blood that was used. Do you was think it was more blood than that one scene in The Shining, in though? In The Shining, yeah. That was a lot of fucking blood. That was like a whole fucking room of blood. <laughs> I don't know. And they reshot it a couple times. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so... That's a good question. How'd they get it cleaned up every time? Okay, that's for a different episode. 
Yeah. We did that episode already. We answered that question like 10 episodes ago. <laughs> I don't think you answered that question in that no, episode. No, you didn't answer that question, you asshole. Yeah, I... I, I love the lawnmower scene, though, when he's just m- literally mowing through all the fucking zombies. And, I mean, it's just so fucking crazy. Also, the way the zombies, like, kill the people at the party is just like, all right, most zombies bite. No, I'm going to rip your rip cage, rip cage out or I'm going to yeah, punch a hole through your mouth or, like, just so many creative and out there kills. Like, I can't help but admire that. Yeah, that, but, like, that whole party scene was the shit. Yeah, that's one thing I'll say. That that was probably for me the best the best scene in the movie because the rest for me, like I said, it, it had no horror elements for me. It was very like comedic. Like it, it just felt like I was watching a comedy movie that had a lot of gross parts in it. Ratings? Ratings. Yeah, let's do ratings. All right. Um, this movie was super duper cheesy. Um, definitely not my favorite style of movie. Um, it was interesting to see the way that they they chose to go about making their zombies, and it's it's definitely different from any zombie movie, and not just for like the comical aspects of it, but like the storyline was very different, and the way the zombies came to be was extremely different, um, which is cool. It's just not really my taste, um, but I do know that there's a huge huge market for this style of horror movie. People love their, like, cheesy 80s-styled horror movies, even if it came out in 92. <laughs> it was um, an 80s movie to me. <laughs> yeah, and in, in its heart, it's an 80s movie. Yeah. But um, I'm going to give it a 3.4. Whoa! A 3.4? Yeah. Damn! Jeez. What? Is that that's, bad? That's harsh. I, it's that's just a, that's not a low hitting. Yeah. It's, just not, <laughs> it's all good. I literally watched it, and I was just like, eh, eh, eh. <laughs> All right, Erica. All right, so I'm kind of on the same page with Sarah on this one. Um, and you I, usually like and cheesy. And I like cheesy movies. Don't get me wrong. I do. This was just a little too much like for overkill. me. Like overkill. Um, I definitely give it a little bit of, and I said to Dylan, I said I give it an A plus on the uh, gross factor, because it did make my stomach turn a couple times. <laughs> but it just, it wasn't... I guess my style of cheesy. <laughs> uh, it was just a little too much. And um, I, like Dylan said, there was a lot of really good parts of it. Um, like the gore factor was awesome. Uh, it, like it had plenty of it and it was well done. Uh, the special effects were done great. Um, it had a great story. I think it was an interesting take on a zombie. Um the zombie baby was pretty cool. The The rat was pretty cool. And the entire end of the movie was really well done. So I'm going to give it give it a 4.5. Nicer right. than me. Steven. All right. So, again, Peter Jackson, what a left fucking turn, man. I really want you to make more horror movies and you could keep it in this style because I gotta say I I love this movie this is one of those where I get with a bunch of people I'm like hey you guys want to watch a really fucking crazy movie and you just throw it on and just watch everyone's reactions to it and just sit back and enjoy and soak it in so for that I love it I love the fucking priest kicking ass for the lord (laughs) uh yeah, the special effects. Like, that whole party sequence was absolutely amazing. The mowing of the zombies, 
Um, the, again, back to the tongue-in-cheek fucking like humor, and it, it it was just something that was so different. And when I first watched it, it just kind of captivated me because I was like, "Whoa!" Like, kind of like, "What the fuck did I just watch?" So for those reasons, because it stands out so much to me, I have to give this movie an eight point five. Peter Jackson, please, please, just do one more or like two more horror movies for me, please. <laughs> just I'm a horror. huge fan of this one and uh, and bad taste. So all right. So I almost guessed your rating. I was so proud of myself. I said an eight. I said eight point six point three. I said eight point seven. All right. So I got real close. <clears throat> Alright, so while this wasn't my style of movie, I can appreciate um, the amount of work that went into it, the special effects, the creativity alone, and the comedic parts. Um, I wish more of the movie was like that end party scene where it was just over the top, like blood, guts, gore, but with the comedy in it. Um, Up until that part... It didn't feel like a horror movie, like I said. It felt like I was watching a comedy movie. But um, I'm going to be nicer than Sierra and Erica. I'm going to give it a 6.5. For a average horror haven rating of... 5.7. 5.7. People but... are going to kill us. Yeah. Gonna... <laughs> We're going to get eaten alive on that one. Sorry, guys. Our Instagram followers might save this one. Yeah. Alright, so our Instagram rating for this movie was a 9.7. So, like, double our score. (laughs) I love you guys. Thank you so much for, like, fucking, I'm not the only one out there that loves this style. Right on. No, I think that the majority of (laughs) horror fans probably do like these styles of movies. It's just not, like, I like to be scared, and this movie just doesn't scare. (laughs) It's all good. Everyone's got their own tips. Yeah, and, and for anybody listening, like... We're in no way, like, shitting on this movie. Like, it is great for what it is. This is just not our style. Yeah, no, I mean, like I said, I could, I definitely know that there is a market out there for this style of movie. I know that there's people who love this, and I'd absolutely recommend it to probably, like, 87% of horror movie watchers. All right. It's just not for Sierra. All right, so with that, we'll move on to Cemetery Man. (sighs) I don't know how the epidemic started. All I know is that some people, on the seventh night after their death, come back to life. I call them returners. I don't even know, and I've got a helper, Nagi. On his ID card, it reads, Distinctive Visible Marks, or The most beautiful living woman I have ever seen. The cemetery's small, but it's got a marvellous ossuary. I don't want to! Why on your poor husband's grave, huh? We would have liked to know. He came back to the dead, he raped her, and then bit her to death. Is it true what they say? That the dead come back to life here at night? Go away. I haven't got time for the living. How sweet. Yeah. So, the last film we're going to be covering is an Italian uh, horror film. Uh, well, actually, it's Italian, kind of French, kind of, I don't know, but mostly Italian. So, uh, it was, it's called Cemetery Man. Basically, the plot is... You know who he is. <laughs> uh, the plot is of uh, uh, a cemetery groundskeeper who has an issue where the dead don't want to stay dead. Usually, after a week, they come back. And 
he um, has a an assistant named Nagi, who's almost like this Igor-like character. He doesn't really speak. So they just go about their day, re-killing the dead after they're buried, because usually when they're buried for a week, they come back from the dead. It turns out um, Franco, who's the main character, uh, he can't get it up. His penis doesn't work. No, Francesco so, was the main character. Francesco, yeah, there you go, Francesco. Uh, he can't get it up, and after a some guy dies, his widow comes and visits, and he falls in love with her, and she gets bit and killed. and Well, not killed. He thinks she's dead, and it turns out um, she's actually not, and she rises up, and he shoots her in the head thinking that she's a zombie like the rest of them, and turns out not, so he's kind of like this hopeless romantic, and he's very mopey. And then he gets a visit from the Grim Reaper, and he tells a friend, Francesco, pretty much, uh, if you want to stop the dead from coming back, then kill the living. So then he goes on a miniature killing spree, where his friend, who's like, I want to say the city clerk, covers up for him and kind of takes the blame for his murders. So he doesn't understand, and he visits him, and it's like, why did you cover up? And he doesn't really give him an explanation. So he just, you know kind of wanders the around just again depressed hopeless romantic and just thinks that i'm never going to be able to get out of this situation and i'm never going to be able to love he gets his penis cut off or something he gets no, some he surgery was gonna get, he was gonna get his penis cut off and he From the what? guy talked him out of it so he got this shot that would make him temporarily impotent because the, he ends up seeing this girl who is played by the same actress who plays the first girl who he fell in love with, and she says, I was raped, and um, I can only be with a man who is impotent. And so he wants to be with this girl, marry this girl, so he goes... And, and he there's gets, a rumor that he's impotent. Yeah, there's a rumor that she, he's impotent, which, which is, is why... Which is why she, she went to him. Yeah. So he gets this shot to make himself temporarily impotent, and she comes back and says, like, oh, well, I was raped again, but I liked it. And basically, no, she said that she fell in love with him. She fell in love with the guy who was raping her. Who, who she was, he was her employer. So uh, he loses her again, and then he ends up seeing another girl who is again played by the same actress, who is a college girl, and she convinces him to go back to her house. They sleep together, and he finds out that she's a prostitute. So he ends up killing her by lighting her on fire, lighting her house on fire, and leaving. And that's when he goes and visits Franco, and Franco had taken the rap for... Well, they Franco had taken the blame for the murders for these two girls because he had killed his daughter and his wife, and the police just figured, oh, well, he went on a killing spree, he killed them also. So Francesco goes and visits him to find out why he had taken the blame for the murders, and that's when he doesn't get like a, a response or anything And to where you were saying, Steve, and he's like decides to leave this place that he's from he gets in his car with nagi and they start driving and they get to the end of this tunnel and there's nothing there it just drops off and it almost like he's like in purgatory yeah and it pans out and it's the inside of the snow globe which is a snow globe that he was playing with earlier on in the film it's like an so. inception yeah <laughs> no this yeah. movie was um, really hard to understand yeah, it was the confusing plot for sure all over the place uh one thing i will say is the main theme of the movie is love and death, which mm -hmm. uh, the, his last name, Della Morte, it's kind of a combination of the two. No, um, Della Morte means of death, and his mother's maiden name was Della More, which is of, of love. Love, so love. okay, the, there you go. Yeah, the 
the name for this movie in Italy is Della Morte, Della More, which is of love, of death, or of death, of love, How, whatever. It's some some <laughs> some version of that. Um, I think the thing that's super confusing in this movie is that when you're watching it and um, friend Francesca Francesco keeps finding these women, they're played by the same actress. So immediately, my mind's like. Is he being haunted? Like, what's going on? So that's when I got confused. So I looked at the plot summary, and it literally just says that they're different women. There's no real explanation to why the same actress played all of these women. There's just theories from fans. There's no, like, dead set answer to this. There's a lot of theories, and reading the theories are interesting. I love movies that have, like, these big theories. Crazy, that's yeah. why. That's why uh, I brought it up earlier in the episode. But that's why when I was younger, I was so into Donnie Darko because there's so much like lore and theory behind that movie. So I was really having a lot of fun actually with this movie, like diving in and seeing what everybody's thoughts were on the movie and the ending and everything. Because it doesn't. The movie has kind of a twist at the end, but there's no reveal us like I why. feel like it doesn't explain it enough for it to be like oh shit they're in a snow globe yeah like I just feel like it's kind of awkward and weird like I, I just feel like this movie went into detail with strange things and then decided not to go in to detail with important aspects I read four or five things where people said if you watch it two or three times it's gonna be something that just like hits you and you're like oh shit <laughs> they didn't explain what it was but they said that if you watch it, like, two or three times, you're going to get, finally, something will just, like, click, and it's like, oh, okay. Um, I just do want to bring up that there is a really, really cool scene where this badass motorcycle zombie pops out of a grave. Claudio! Claudio! You just hear, like, this, like, engine, and then this motorcycle <laughs> pops out of the grave, and at this point, I'm like, this might be cheesier than Dead Alive. Because we watched this after Dead Alive. I was like, this might be cheesier than Dead Alive. But that was really the cheesiest part of the movie. I mean, it did have, like, it's, like, here and there kind of, like, quirky moments. But the tone of this movie, I loved it because it was very dark. And to me, it very much felt like an indie movie. And uh, other than horror, I really do love indie movies. So it was cool to see, like, a blend of the two. And it's not, like, an independent horror movie. It was, like the straight tones of an indie movie. And I love Francesco's narrations throughout the film, and uh, it, it kind of was giving me, at times, Eternal Sunshine of the Spotless Mind feels, like, just the narration you of it. searing the shit out of this episode. <laughs> All of his favorite movies are getting brought up tonight. Yeah. It, it, gave me that kind of, it gave me that kind of vibe, though, like, the narration over it, and just, like, the kind of, like, hopeless feel to the movie that you do see in Eternal Sunshine. But, um... But, um... No, it, it was definitely unique, but not in the same way that Dead Alive was unique. It was just, it's its own genre, I guess I would say. I think that the one thing that I thought was going to be, like, really weird about it was the the whole zombies talking. Mm-hmm. And I, I don't think that... that didn't me. It, it didn't bother me. No, and I think that, honestly, it added to, like, the atmosphere, like, the whole movie. Like, it really... And it wasn't like we're in Dead Alive, they, like, had, like, they, they talked, yeah, but it was, like, no, evil was... and gross. They just talked... Mm-hmm. I think that it's like the whole like the zombies talking and everything like that like most zombie movies are, are you're delved in on the fact that the zombies are trying to kill people and end their life and this movie it's more like the focus is more on 
like what what death is not like not what like death is like but like how it affects life mm-hmm. and and doesn't take away from life nef- necessarily well to me it seems that the zombies wanted to live yeah you know it wasn't something where they wanted humans to yeah. die it's like they wanted to be alive mm-hmm. all of them in some aspects whether it was they wanted to be with a person they once loved or they just wanted to be alive. Which is I, and, a and I big think twist. I think that's the big thing in this movie, again, with the love and death, is the majority of the ones that did come back were had had a lover that they had left behind. Yeah. And and I think those are the, because it, it wasn't every zombie that came back not every person buried there came back. It was it, it seemed that it was only the ones that were buried and left the loved one behind. Yeah, it was the main theme and I I think what Erica what you were saying too is like it does it blends it blurs the lines between like death and life because mm-hmm. the dead were very much these living people with feelings and emotions which is a different kind of zombie than what we would typically see. It oh, go ahead sir. The headed girl was weird. She looked like she was five. I love, though, when she's, like, talking to Nagi, she's like, go ahead and get a kiss. Like, I, I'll let you do it, and I can't say that I would turn you down even if I could. <laughs> Dude, he gets so excited, and I was like, oh, Nagi. And then, there were, and then she's, like, the beheaded, the, the, like, severed head is, like, asking her father for permission to marry Nagi. He's like, no, and then so she, like, jumps out of it, and it's, like, a camera view through her teeth. Yeah. And he, she, like, yeah, bites into the side shot. of his neck. It was... It was weird. It was really I just weird. love how, like, Francesco, like, is kind of just like, oh, you know, I'm in the shower. Fuck a zombie. All right, I got it. Nagi, <laughs> you know, just Nagi. Or, like, uh, when he's on the phone with, uh, I think it's Franco, and he's, like, they're coming through the door, and he just, boom, just popping them off one by one. And, and Franco's like, what was that? He's like, oh, nothing. <laughs> you know what I mean? He's just so, yeah. like, chill and lax and just doesn't give a fuck. And I just love that about Francesco, like, just that I don't give a fuck attitude mm-hmm. that he has. I think it was very much played into his character too, of just like depression. Like he really didn't care either way. Like he didn't care at all of anything that happened in the movie, other than like his love interests. And even then, he was very towards the end. By the end of the movie, he is very much like whatever. Like fuck you guys. I have nothing at this point. Yeah, no. Yeah. The last girl that came. He, like, literally was like, fuck it, and lit her on fire. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> he went through, that, that was, like, quite the turn in that movie, because he was obsessed with her. Oh, well, come on. I mean, she was total babe, and he beautiful. doesn't get out much being the groundskeeper of a cemetery. I mean, not many girls are probably into that, so when he finds a really attractive one like that, who's, like... You have a... Oh, what was the fucking... The name of it? Where he takes her down to, like, uh, where, like, the... Yeah, monast- I I don't remember I don't. what it was, yeah. But she gets, like, turned on, you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, she, like, she's, like, fucking, like, like literally out of Rob Zombie's, like, living dead girl kind of shit, man. <laughs> like, you know what I mean? So yeah. it's just, like, he's like, fuck, I found someone who I can, like, connect with. And then it gets all fucked up and then comes his depression. I also like, though, um, when Claudio comes out of the grave to that one girl and she's, like, he finds, uh, Francesco finds Claudio eating that girl, and she's like, it's okay, I can let whoever I want eat me, and then he <laughs> blows them both through the head at the same time, that yeah. scene was so sick. Yeah, it, I feel like this movie very much was, like, out of all the three movies we watched, I feel like it was, like, an art piece. More yeah, than yes, it was, I agree with that. Yeah, 
Um, I think this one was the most unique zombies. Yeah. Not even unique zombies, but unique story. Like this story had me drawn in, and it did. It did get have have its moments where I kind of like zoned out a little bit, but for the most part, it very much had my attention. Um, Just pay attention when you watch it. Like that's yeah. the big thing. Like yeah. really watch it because. It is. There's like a lot of plot points that are very confusing and kind of like, wait, where did that come from? When did this happen? Make sure that like you're not like half tired when you're watching this because it's it's a bit of a break. You'll miss big things, like little things. Little things are big things. Yeah, and go go on if you do watch this movie after listening to this, or if you've seen the movie before, go on and read some of the theories because some of them are extremely interesting and. Reading them after watching the movie, it gave me a completely different, different outlook. Perspective, yeah, right? perspective yeah. on the movie. Yeah. One of the cool facts that I found on it was that an American company actually offered to produce the whole thing, but the only way they would do it would be is if Matt Dillon played Francesco, which I could see him doing it too. Yeah, no, yeah. I could too. But um, he looked. A, I, f- I feel like they had similar, similar features. Yeah. yeah, but the actor who played him did do a great job. Matt though. Dillon of all people, so. Like, really? so random. Yeah. <laughs> But no, it it was great. I thought I I enjoyed it, and it was a first time watch for me. So it it was nice. It was refreshing to see something so unique and so new that could draw me in. And like I said before, like I love movies that have theories revolving around them. So it was nice to be able to dive in after watching the movie to get like more story for it. Yeah, and it was very like dreamy. So like it had that whole thing going for it too. Which you love dreamy. I love dreamy. I love Dreamy too. Yeah, I definitely got that vibe. It, you know what I mean? It was this movie when I recommended it. I, it was, it was some movie that I discovered by accident, and I was just like, "Man, this is really fucking different." I was going in expecting like your typical zombie like movie, and it just threw me for a left turn. And I was just like, when we were like, uh, "Not your average or typical zombie movie," I was like, "Ah, this could fit." <laughs> I, I loved it too. Watching it, I got the vibes of like a. Like an indie comic book, because um, like it, it gave me like indie comic vibes. The guy who made the movie, I, I learned this after uh, I after watching it. The guy who made the movie made a comic. Uh, some of you may know it. It's called Dylan Dog, and it's a very similar story and like tone to this movie. Mm-hmm. So I'm gonna look more into it because I've skimmed like some some books before of Dylan Dog, but I've never dived into it, and now that I know that it's so much like this movie, I want to look more into it. Since you're I awesome feel like it'll connect dots, too. Comic yeah. nerd. Comic book nerd over here. And they said that, it, that this movie and the story of Dylan Dog do draw a lot of similarities between each other, so I'm kind of curious to see how they incorporate those yeah. two. Word. <clears throat> uh, when he's visiting Frank, uh, Franco... Uh, in the hospital, mm-hmm. and he fucking shoots the the fucking yeah. nun in the head, and he's like, "Why is she on the floor?" Oh, she's praying. Yeah. Uh, and then he shoots the other the, the the fucking doctor, and then she's like, "What happened to them?" Oh, they had like a, a disagreement or something. Or they killed each other. Yeah. <laughs> they killed each other. <laughs> like, and then he just blows that person. Like, oh man, that scene was just fucking gold. I think it adds to like that part. That whole scene added to the dreamy feel of it because when it zooms out, like the hospital room has nothing else around it, and. I mean, in a typical situation, you shoot a nun in a hospital or a nurse in a hospital. Was a nun or a nurse? It was a nun because he said she was praying. When you shoot a nun in a hospital and there's blood everywhere and she's laying on the ground, 
There's not going to be a doctor that nonchalantly comes in and goes, why is she laying on the ground? No, this guy's going to freak the fuck out, see she's dead, run and call the cops. Yeah. yeah. And he he's in there for a long time. He doesn't question it. He walks in. He's like, hey, what's going on here? What are you doing here? And then that's when Francesco shoots him. So I think it adds to the whole dreamy, like, very unrealistic tone to the movie. I like, too, that you kind of question at parts, like, what's real and what's not. Like, for example, Francesco falls asleep on the phone while talking to Franco, and then that's when the whole murder spree happens, and then he wakes up, and he's kind of like, did I do this or not? And then the cops come, and they're like, oh, you know, there's a murder last night, but we don't expect you did it. Don't worry about it. But... You know, you're like, okay, well, he actually did it. That Like, things like that. It kind of has you questioning, and I think it plays back into what we said of, like, you have to be paying attention in this movie, or you're going to miss something if you're not watching every small detail. <laughs> yeah. Anything else before we get into ratings? No, I'm good. Ratings it is. But this movie, I think I think it's definitely, um, it's definitely out there. It's, it's. I've never seen a movie quite this style, and it's not, like, straight-up horror or anything. Like, it's not overly scary. Um, but it's not it's not anything like the other two movies that we've covered. Um, their zombies are totally unique to this movie. They have feelings, thoughts, their conscious actions. And it, it's, it is. It's just very... Um, it makes you feel weird when you watch it. Yeah. Like, I feel like, I don't know, it, it was really just trippy and, and strange. Don't kill me. Eternal Sunshine of Spotless Mind. I got the same fucking emotions watching this movie. Shut up. <laughs> no, I'm with Dylan on that. Like, depression, <laughs> like, very depressing, it like, does make me melancholy he fucking... Never, he's never yeah. about the girl. Which I guess is a similar theme to... Which Eternal I really Sunshine need to go back Spotless and watch that oh, all the way God, through because I feel, like, I feel like if I don't watch it all the way through, Dylan's gonna unfriend him. <laughs> Alright, continue, Sierra. Um, after that interruption... No, I'm kidding. Um... I, I wouldn't necessarily say, like, everybody should go out and watch this, because I don't think this is going to be a movie that everybody's going to like. Uh, I think that if you like indie indie movies, this might be up your alley. If you like that really weird dream kind of vibe, you're really going to like this. Um, if you like movies where you, you really have to pay attention... Um, Anything like that, strange. It's not a mindless. Kind of confusing. It's not a mindless. Yeah, you really have to think about it. You really have to think about it when watching it. I think that this movie's going to be for you, but I I don't think it's going to be for every horror fan. I don't think everyone's going to like this movie, especially if you don't pay a lot of attention. Um, But I'm going to give it a seven. Okay. So this was out of all three. This one was definitely my favorite. Um, It's something that makes you think and I have a big appreciation for movies that do that like I like movies that really make you use your head Mm -hmm. I like it's not even just movies though it's a lot of things like anything that really requires like a lot of like thought and has more depth to it than just what you see on the surface I have like a really big appreciation for that so I really did like this a lot and um it's definitely one, like I said, even earlier when we started, that I definitely want to go back and watch again. And I think that any movie where you have to watch it, like, more than once because you're not going to fully understand everything if you don't, I think that that makes it very, like, a... I don't know. It's just, like, it's so unique. It's different. It's a... You don't get a lot of movies that do that. Uh, you know, most movies are cut and dry. Like, you watch it beginning to end everything's kind of right there you know it might have a gap in the plot or it might have some scenes that don't fit or don't make sense but you know the general gist of everything by the time it's done so anything that kind of leaves you at the end with like 
a mental cliffhanger, if you would, where you're like, well, what the fuck? Or what about this? Or was there something that I missed? And then you go in and you're reading, like, what other fans have thought about and been like, oh, well, hey. And then you start thinking about it in the same way that they do. And then you read somebody else's and you start thinking about it. So you want to go back and you want to watch it and you want to formulate like your own final decision on it. So this is definitely one of those movies. And as far as its take on zombies, it's just so different. And I appreciate that because like I said earlier, again, we're in that whole like zombie stage. There's thousands (laughs) thousands of zombie (laughs) movies out and zombie TV shows and this was a different take on it, and it was almost like um, giving, like, really human emotions to something that's no longer human or alive. And that was a really cool concept. So I'm going to give it an 8.2. Okay. That's a Ooh. good score. He tried to make it 8.5. No, I hit the wrong button. Slipped it in there to him. He's like, meh. All right, Steven? All right, so... This was a movie, like I said, I discovered on accident because I am a a big fan of Italian horror films. So uh, it just kind of was like, all right, I'll give it a shot. It's and uh, I I didn't get what I expected. However, uh, because it took such a left turn and I didn't get what I expected, I appreciated it more. I thought the film got very deep. Although, yes, the plot can be rather confusing, and I apologize for my little plot summary. It was a little all over the place, but... <laughs> I don't, I, so, I don't so, blame you. I don't blame so you for is this movie. movie. <laughs> yeah, but there's a lot I can appreciate. It was it was definitely one of the most different zombie movies I've ever seen. And, um, you know, uh, it's it just definitely plays on, like like you guys said earlier, life and death. And also, like a like love and death is a big theme. That's why I made the mention of a living dead girl of Rob Zombie because that's like kind of about a girl who's like in love with death, and like he represents death being that like being literally the cemetery man who's looking for love, and all these zombies uh, are connected to their old loved ones. So it, it definitely goes deep, and uh, it's it's definitely different. So if you're looking for a horror movie with kind of a different feel that throws you into a left turn because this is not your typical zombie movie whatsoever. I say check it out. Uh, so as far as ratings go, I'm gonna give it a seven point four. Right. And Dylan. <laughs> All right. So I like the psychological aspects to this movie. Uh, I wouldn't again like Dead Alive. I wouldn't consider this a horror movie. Um, I'd consider it more of an indie movie with horror elements to it. I agree with what you guys said. If you're looking for a straight, like, mindless horror movie, skip this one. Uh, I recommend, like, finding a day, watch this movie alone when you can pay full attention and really take in what's going on. And, like I said, look into, like, theories of this movie. Look more into this movie because there's so much material. Um, The cinematography for the movie, the way certain scenes were shot, the fact that there's this overall, like, theme throughout the movie that there's nothing beyond this cemetery, this town, this, like... Like, I think the perfect example, like I mentioned before, the scene with the hospital room where it zooms out and there's just nothing around this hospital room. Like, that's all that's in focus. Like, I thought that it was such a unique and, like, again, like, it had very much, like, very indie vibes for me. So, I'm going to give this movie 
and I've been really like thinking since we watched this movie what I'm going to rate it. I think I'm going to agree with you, Steven. I think I'm going to give it a 7.4. Yeah, you know there was a sequel planned for this, but I don't think it ever happened by the same director, too. Like, I guess in 2011, Fangori reported that the director was planning a sequel, and uh, it was going to be... He wanted it to be, like, a great and strong, like, shocking Italian horror film. So I hope that one day maybe a sequel does happen where we see a more serious side to it. But for what it is... Again, this movie is definitely a twist and something different, so check yeah. it out. You're looking for something different. <laughs> yeah, I, w- I was thinking throughout the whole movie, too. Like, I would like to see this movie, not even a sequel, but I would like to see this movie maybe remade with a more serious tone to it. Like, if they cut the cheesy aspects out, I- it would be fucking, like, a masterpiece for me. <laughs> yeah. But um, overall, our rating, our average rating for the movie was a 7.5. I think that's fair. Yeah. As far as Instagram, our average rating was an 8 out of 10. So pretty close to what we rated it. Cool. I'm, <laughs> I'm surprised, like I said, this is not really a well-known film. So the fact that, you know, some people even out there acknowledge it, that's pretty cool. All right, that's going to wrap it up for our Not Your Average Zombies episode. We want to thank you guys for listening. Be sure to follow us on Facebook and Instagram at Horror Haven Podcast or on our website at horrorhavenmedia.com where you can find our schedule on upcoming episodes as well as our ratings for past episodes. Um, be sure to check out our Artist Spotlight episodes. We just did one with Jesse Oliver from She Sees Beyond, this upcoming horror series, and... We had a blast doing it. We had a blast talking to him, and the project sounds awesome. So if you guys could take the time to go and give that episode a listen, we'd appreciate it. Um, Check out our – not check out. Next week we're going to be covering Jaws in honor of Shark Week. So tune in for that. Yeah, I'm I'm so hyped for it. (laughs) Yo, Shark Week is that special time of the summer where it's just like fucking chill on your couch and just – Enjoy, enjoy all the great aspects of sharks. <laughs> Twelve foot, great white, right off the coast of North Carolina. He's been swimming really? out there for like the last like yeah. week or so. So something's gonna get eaten. Thick. Oh hell again. yeah! I hope it's a top sale. Everybody <laughs> always gets attacked by sharks Bye. on top sale. I'm going shark hunting. <laughs> Yo, know, speaking of sharks, real quick. That shit. I heard a Megalodon movie was being made, and I've always been extremely fascinated with Megalodon. Like I think like one still exists out there so i'm hoping like this they do this movie justice yeah, whenever it comes I think out. It's coming out i think it's coming out next year it's called meg um, i was kind of hoping it would be out in time for uh this year so we could do it with jaws but oh well. <laughs> it's all good we got plenty of to talk about uh jaws next week that's a fucking classic so yeah it's gonna be stay awesome. tuned for that one all right so have a good night good night bye